You're listening to the Heritage Film Club podcast show. It's three lads chatting about a movie that one of them forced the others to watch. If you're looking for an in-depth analysis of your favourite movies, boy, have you come to the wrong place. My fancy British accent is as smart as this show will ever sound. These guys barely know what they're talking about. It's time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the club. Now here are your hosts, Mike, Brian and Clayton. Hi, welcome to the new episode of the Heritage Film Club. Uh, this week we're talking Fast and the Furious. I'm Mike, and with me are Brian Hi. and Clayton. Hello. All right, so Clayton picked Fast and the Furious for us to watch, the original, yes. 2001, the original of this series, not the original Fast and Furious. So we'll do a quick round table as we always do. Who liked it, who didn't, Clayton? Oh, I loved it. That's why I picked this movie. <laughs> well, we're not always going to pick movies we love, though, are we? Oh, no, but it was just, yeah, I enjoyed this whole series, and it was good to go back to the original, so I was happy. Brian? I liked it. Oh, good. I enjoyed the watch. Okay, I think it's going to be a clean sweep this time. It's going to be yes. three thumbs up, because, uh, yeah, man, I, I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to going in. Yeah, that's really good. So why did you pick it, Clayton? Apart from what you just said, that you're a fan of the whole series. I just wanted to go back to the beginning and again. And it was something that... So part of it was I wanted to... Like, I've seen it before, but I wanted to go back to see where it all started again. And it was weird watching it this time mm. because you know where it's going to. Totally. But it's but it's a completely different movie. And yes. the pretense, it's literally just street racing and a cop versus a bad guy. Well, yeah. a bad guy. Totally. That's exactly how I thought when I was watching this movie as well. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I I'd not seen it before, and I'd seen a couple of the other ones, but obviously sort of out of sequence. And I, I enjoyed part of what I enjoyed going back to this one was filling in the blanks of some things that had been in the other movies, and it didn't really stop me from from enjoying those. But it's one of those ones where you go back and watch something, and, and your brain fills in the blanks, and you go, oh, I get that now. Hmm. And you know, then that kind of makes me want to go and watch the other ones again. Was it weird for you seeing where it all started in comparison? Because the way I look at it is like, say, Fast and Furious 5, 6, 7, whatever, is like like a Michael Bay movie. There's action, there's explosions, there's everything, yeah? Where now, this one's completely, like, it's completely different. Was that weird for you? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, because... For the, for the ones that I dipped into already, it's it's obviously a franchise by that point. Yep. You know, I don't and know. Then, and then going back and kind of watching this one, it's sort of, I was thinking about this earlier, it's kind of, you, you could stop at this one. Kind of yes. like, you know, The Matrix or, um, well, you probably should. Um, gotta probably get some, um, some comments. Um, <laughs> or like Pirates of the Caribbean, where you could just stop at one and that's fine. Yep. Um, yes. And I think it, it almost feels like it wasn't set up to be a franchise. It wasn't. It sort of mm. became one. Because and it so it was up. interesting that, that, the, that this one just felt a lot different to the other ones. But, you know, still still enjoyable. I, I still still like to watch. Yeah, so so I don't think... Originally it was just a summer action movie. And probably like a second tier action movie. Because no one in it at the time was super, super famous. So I don't I think it was meant to be built to become what it was. I, I think that's beyond anybody's expectations when this first movie came out yeah. when this came out mm-hmm. Vin Diesel had done Pitch Black yes. or no yes the year before but that was big yeah yeah but he wasn't 
I still don't think he was like a household name. Like, I don't think oh, people went okay. and saw Fast and the yeah. Furious because the guy from Pitch Black was in it. Even Pitch Black, let's be honest, was kind of, you know, I think it was popular, but not sort of massive. Yeah. I've never seen it, but everybody seems to reference it. So I'm like, oh, it must be big. Oh, we might have to do that one on another episode. Yeah, so, okay, so basically, Michelle Rodriguez had done Girl Fight, which was an indie movie, but made her a name. This was then the movie that made her more of a star. Jordana slash. Brewster. Hmm? I was going to say slash six icon slash whatever else you want to add in there. For Clayton, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jordana Brewster had done The Faculty, which was a pretty big movie, and Paul Walker had done The Skulls, which is what funny because uh, that was a movie about a secret society in a university, in a college oh, in America. Okay. So that was directed by Rob Cohen, who directed this movie, and then the year after this, Rob Cohen directed Triple X, which was a Vin Diesel movie. Oh. So he kept his boys all in a row. So actually saying that, we should do the summary, which we forgot to do at the beginning. So Fast and the Furious 2001, directed by Rob Cohen, as I just said. Rob Cohen also directed Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which I quite like. And Triple X, as I said, and later on he did Stealth. This had a budget of $38 million and went on to gross 207 and change. Damn. So it well Five made times. its money back. Yeah, so... That's why you get a sequel. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a critic score, as expected, 53, and an audience score, as expected, much higher, 74. So based on those scores, would, where would you sit? For me, somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah, somewhere in the 60s, if you were going to make me pick a number. Yeah, Clayton? Yeah. I give it two thumbs up. I can't put a number to it. I don't get the rating system. Right? Other than two. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. But like, yeah, was, yeah, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I was like, thinking, I would say, like, yeah, yeah percentage-wise, I guess so. But yeah. But would you be on more on the seventy-four side or the critic side of fifty-three? Oh, for my personal preference, probably seventy-four side. Yeah. Okay, that was obvious. Yeah. So I probably would have given it about a three out of five. So that's about a sixty percent. So yeah, I yeah. would be middle-ish of those, I guess. I think you and me are probably in ballpark there somewhere, Mike. Yeah. So that's funny as well, because see, you mentioned before that it wasn't set up to build a franchise. And when you look at it, and I think a lot of people forget this because so many people bag on Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, that number two only has Paul Walker. The other guys aren't in yes. it. Yeah, so Paul. people forget that this wasn't a franchise, even when it became a franchise, built on that group of people. It's like... Guns N' Roses or NWA, they were the original crew for one album and then they broke up and became something else. This is exactly what happened here. The only thing with Fast and the Furious 2 is that that introduces characters who then become important when the franchise becomes the real thing later, yeah. I started with Tokyo Drift mm -hmm. and just sort of stumbled on it and watched it because it was cars and racing i thought okay i'll give this a look mm -hmm. and then you get to that bit at the end of tokyo drift mm -hmm. you know and i'm watching that and i'm going oh wow look that's vin diesel you know and then it's all kind of for me out of context true and so it's sort of, yeah. you know, even from a franchise point of view i'm looking at going fast and the furious tokyo drift i'll have a look at that and then you kind of see the connection at the end of it and go oh that was vin diesel in it and it all made sense to me afterwards 
but see, even later, still hadn't watched the first one until literally this week. <laughs> well, see, even when uh-huh. when I watched Fast and the Furious three when it came out at the movies, that little tag at the end just almost seemed shoehorned, like it was, oh, we need to tie it back somehow. Um, we've already replaced Paul Walker with this other guy, so let's get Vin Diesel in to sort of tie it up. Although they do mention him during the movie, I think, in relation to Han, but that movie becomes more legitimized as the franchise moves on later it actually becomes a part of it properly so this well, podcast the equivalent of a retcon like, yeah but retcon yeah. is what that is fitting things from earlier into a, a new story or whatever hmm. and i think in this podcast we're not going to be able to talk about this one movie without referencing the rest of the franchise quite often so i think we're just going to have to accept that as well um, i would just like to state mm-hmm. that when i watched this mm-hmm. i then directly after this put on number four and put on number yes. five okay so that's good because number four is the original crew all back together and i wanted to remember how paul walker didn't uh, left the police and became an outlaw but that's in number two no and number four he's still a policeman is he yes because i thought number two had a, a uh, on the dvd so number so number four he's a policeman Liddy um, gets spoilers, non-spoilers, whatever, fake killed by the um, Prada cartel. Then Vin Diesel and him have to go to Mexico and they kill the people and they come back. And at the end, Vin Diesel goes to jail because they brought down the bad guy and he got arrested. And then they break Vin Diesel out of of the jail bus, Mm -hmm, taking mm -hmm. them to the jail. How many movies we do this time? No, and then... Number five, they're all on the run. Yeah, but I think on the DVD to Too Fast, Too Furious, and it's been a while to be fair, so I could be wrong, but they put like a little mini movie to show what happened in between one and two. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, So I thought he'd already gone rogue. Because isn't he working for a drug dealer in number two? I can't remember. It's been a while. And number four he is with Vin Diesel because they're doing the drug runs from Mexico to the US. Then number five, they're in Brazil, and that's the introduction of The Rock. That's number number five. Yeah. yeah. And number four, they take down the drug person, Mm -hmm. and at the end, Vin Diesel gets arrested, even though he helped the US government. That's when he goes to jail, and at the end of four, they break him out of the jail bus, and then he's an outlaw. Yeah, because it's number five that he gets cleared, because he teams up and helps The Rock. Yeah, okay. So I had to binge watch it all. Mm. So, okay, so let's talk about when you're watching it. Like you said before, you found it interesting to go back and watch it, knowing what's coming later, and how the characters have changed. So what do you think were some of the bigger changes? I just love the fact that it was about cars. Like originally. It, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, originally, if you look at number one as a standalone, it's about boy racing fast cars. Yeah. Mm, see, number I was yeah, rest is about explosions and whatever else. And we're going to attack a submarine with a car and all that kind of jazz. I think officially from number five is where they switch gears. No pun intended to um, to become more like heist movies and borderline yeah. superhero movies. Up until then, I think it's stuck with the the racing theme 
a lot more. I yeah, I found that as well. I found when I was watching number one, even him being a cop, and how he was torn and how he was sort of siding with Dom and the gang, sorry, the team, and thinking about it in my head, going, none of this matters because soon you're going to have a much better life <laughs> where you're <laughs> doing way cooler stuff than this. So it's just like, hold on, do what you're doing because it's going to get way cooler. But did you? <laughs> Like, maybe this is more for Brian, but did you get really big Point Break vibes from this movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah, Point Break, it's, it's the remake. It feels like like the, <clears throat> excuse me, the 2000s version of Point Break. Yeah, totally is. Totally is. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you know, lack of uh, original stories in Hollywood. Um, Yeah, very much so. Well, at least they waited a while. Well, so, they did, you know, mm. whole new generation, all that kind of thing, even mm. though this... through all of them. This was a better Point Break remake than the Point Break remake. I guess we can agree on that. Not difficult. I think we could have made a better Point Break remake than the Point Break remake. Mm. But anyway. But not better than Fast and the Furious. I think this movie no, 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 no. No. really does... It pretty much holds up. There's some things you probably wouldn't do now in there. More the way that women are depicted in the movie, probably. <laughs> um, and also you probably wouldn't have Ja Rule in it anymore. But yeah, it's it's it was definitely interesting going back. I, I, I've always been a fan of... Of saying that the franchise picked up and got a lot better from number five because it, it switched to those heist type stories but going back I actually really really enjoyed watching the original again um, but I still know Too Fast Too Furious is not as good but I will stay a fan of Tokyo Drift because that was my favorite of the franchise for quite a long time it's interesting to see a franchise but what after this one you'd have to call it a franchise from there where it gets I think Maybe it doesn't get better. I don't know. Not for me to say, but where the characters maybe get more interesting, where it becomes mm. a little more rounded. I mean, they're, they're a little character is a, a, a little thin in this one. Let's be honest. You know, that's not there's not a huge amount of backstory. I'd... About the most you get, about the most you mm. get is probably um, Dom talking about his yes. dad, yeah, and all of that. You know, and then the rest of it is all kind of um, things that happen between races and heists. You know, so sometimes you'll get a, a movie that kicks off a franchise and the, the first one's the best one. And be fair to say that, that that's not the case with this one, do you think? I don't think number one's the best one, but I, it's definitely not the worst one. Um, I would, it's hard to say what the best one is. I mean, that's all personal preference. Um, yeah. Number five probably is top of my list. Number five two, yeah, number two and number eight are probably down the bottom because uh, i think eight has just gone too far off the grid and number two just yeah i don't know it was a bit too boy racery where this one had a nice mix of being boy racery and the whole robbery slant to it as well i even like the fact Five that there was kind of a mystery in it you know and that you kind of even when they they break into the warehouse and they see all the dvds mm -hmm. dvd players and all that kind of thing and you go oh of course it is and then um, the Asian gang gets arrested, and then it turns out it wasn't them at all. It was like, okay, it wasn't just sort of as simple as that. Mm. You know, elements of it in there, I guess. It's, it's not just, again, it was. Up. It was funny watching it knowing the story, obviously, because obviously if you'd watched this at the cinema when it came out, they do try to throw you off the track uh, quite a bit, first yeah. with the Mexicans uh, and them having the Honda Civics, uh, and then having the... Oh, um, wanted to say try it but i don't know if they actually are but johnny train and his crew with all the dvd players so they threw a lot of red herrings in and um yeah because i think they wanted you to buy into dom and the family so you could 
be on their side like Brian was. Yeah. Um, so I think they did a good job. But I think, yeah, I, I see what you're saying about there not being a lot of depth to the characters. But in saying that, I think when I was watching it, it was super noticeable that Dom's character has completely changed from that. Like, he was a guy who uh, his, his dad died because of an accident on track. He beat the guy up who was responsible for the crash, went to jail. It almost seems like they were playing it that he wasn't really necessarily wanting to be a criminal or, or whatever. But it seems like they sort of lost that as they went on. Not that he wants to be a criminal in the later movies, but... I know they sort of lost that, or I don't know how to explain it. It's like, like the motivation changes, you mean, or it's just they just come yeah. away from why you do what you do. Yeah, because he sort of did it for his reasons, but then he, yeah. why does he keep doing it now? Like, it's all resolved. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, it was a half-faked thought <laughs> that I started <laughs> saying and then didn't know how to wrap up. I mean, when, when you're saying about... You know, I'm talking about say depth of character or whatever you want to call it. And mm. let's be honest, my expectations were not high because it's a, you know, it's point break. It's point. It's point break, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you know, watching it through and still entertained by the whole thing. I'm watching bits of this movie and going, okay, I really like the bits in between the scenes, which really just look like they can't decide if they want to be a music video or a video game. Yes, totally. Oh, it's so video gamey. <laughs> the soundtrack, yeah. especially. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then there's there's all the. Some of it's just real pretty. I'm going, this is a music video. And then you've got the story bits in between, and that's the really interesting bits. And it all kind of hangs together quite nicely. So, like, mm. my expectation wasn't that it was going to be um, an intensely deep movie. I just figured it would be entertaining and just fun to watch. And, and it was? Probably simple review, it was. Mm. And, you know, that'll do. Yep. <laughs> dear, dear, that's good. I I'll think I've take stopped that the conversation. <laughs> well, wow, yeah. here's my review. I can just mm. sit back and drink my coffee now. Um, no, I think you're right. I think, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed watching. I think, I think it was directed really nicely. Um, the, see, I, I compare it when I was watching it to Need for Speed, the, uh, Aaron Paul, Michael Keaton racing movie, where I thought when I watched that movie, a lot of the race scenes seemed really slow. You didn't feel the, the speed, especially in a movie called Need for Speed. Whereas in Fast and the Furious, he's, he does a really good job of really portraying that speed, in a way. Uh, yeah. Not just by using the NOS, you know, just the camera effects he uses. And the fact that it also doesn't look super CGI'd most of the time yeah. in this movie. Because obviously they, they had bucket loads of cars on set, especially in the race wars. But yeah, I kind of like had a bit of nostalgia watching it, thinking like, oh yeah, it's like a late 90s, which it pretty much was, um, early 2000s action movie it was just you know lower budget realistically filmed for the most part and just not cgi heavy and i, I kind of appreciated that yeah. clayton you've been awfully silent in this this is your movie oh no i'm, I'm just i'm happy that everybody enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> it was a good pick thank was, you very much if you had picked number was, yep no go i was gonna say i was worried because brian hadn't seen it I was worried that he may just be like, nah, it's just not for you, um, in comparison to where it went, like the series, but yeah, no, I'm just happy that everybody enjoyed it. But to be clear, so which ones had you seen, Brian? Me? Um, I've seen three, four, and five, I think. Three and four for definite. I think I've seen five. Five is where they have a drag race with police cars, the four of them, and they take the police vault out and they go around the city yes. 
Yes, I have seen that. With the police vault. I do remember that. Yeah, I've seen that one. I I did figure I was going to like this movie because I'm the son of a petrol head. Hmm. Big motor racing fan. So, you know, one way or another, it's always cars. So I figured I was going to like it. But, you know, whether I was going to roll my eyes and like it or not, that, that that was the different part. Well, this That's is what diff- I was worried about. Mm. Yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, even like there's the when they've got that that first big race at the beginning, you know, and he's trying he's trying to get in with with Dom and all of them, and he thinks he's going to beat him, and then the car just goes to bits. Basically, <laughs> I loved that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's just like you know, not some sort of completely unrealistic movie where he's just going to blitz everybody, or you know, you, you set up a scene like that, and then at the end of any other kind of movie, it would be some kind of big redemption thing, and he wins some race or whatever it might be. You know, because his car went to bits at the beginning. It was just cool that he kind of wrecked it and then drove it up and said, here's your car. And my favorite bit was when he starts laughing and says, I almost had you. Yeah. And then there's the whole yeah. verbal beatdown from yeah. Dom saying, you almost had me. You didn't even have your car. That was <laughs> yeah. that was so good. He takes him to bits, yeah. It was, it was, it really was excellent, yeah. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you enjoy the first scene? It's somewhat, I feel it's somewhat iconic where the car goes underneath the truck. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I really enjoyed I, that. I did like that. I just enjoyed seeing going, a car go under a truck. This, this is someone I, I, looking at it, like, like you're saying, Mike, you know, not, not CGI, I'm looking at it going, okay, someone is actually genuinely doing that. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I'm curious on when this came out, how many people tried to do it? <laughs> yes. I'm just <laughs> going to throw it out there. Yeah. Like, like because it's a lid, like, there is a real guy, a real stunt driver, doing that. Yeah. How but, many people thought it would be cool to try and do that? Yes, but the key word there is a stunt driver did it. I, I realize that, but like, but. you know, you see something in a movie, you can go try and copy it. And it's like, hundred uh, percent, you know, some dickhead tried to do it and probably died. <laughs> yeah, um, I should laugh, but yeah. It's probably something you need to YouTube because somebody probably did it and taped it while they were doing it, recorded it rather not taped. But yeah, and that's good too, because they bring that back at the end with um, Letty trying to do it, or actually doing it, during the, the final truck heist as well. So that's a nice nice thing there as well. Yeah, so any other thoughts or musings about the movie? We'll point out that I'm so glad that Paul Walker got rid of his boy band hairdo in the later movies. It was so distracting in this movie. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm glad you became an adult. Which is probably why I was starting to think you've got such a better life ahead of you if you know what's coming in the other movies. But I had a thought too, because I remember watching this movie at the cinema when it came out. And I also remember coming out of that movie going, yeah, that was fun, but that's it. There's not going to be a sequel to this movie, because what's the point? And now we're like uh, seven seven sequels, and there's two more coming. So <laughs> yeah, because going up to ten. Oh, plus Hobbs and Shaw as well. So let's not get into that. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Hobbs and Shaw for what it was, but it was totally in line with number eight and totally taking this into the superhero genre. Way more so in Hobbs and Shaw even than Fast and the Furious Eight. But when you get to a point in the Fast and the Furious movies where you're racing cars against the nuclear submarine over the ice. Yeah, you just got to check out at some point. Like, wait until school, they reach their cars now. about a yeah. rocket. Yeah. The other thing is I didn't like how they handled Jason Statham's character, but that's conversation for a later episode because 
that doesn't relate to this movie in general yeah well that's good so we all enjoyed it that's good so is this our first no we all like the hurt locker as well i believe we did. So... i think this is the first one we've all genuinely enjoyed though mm. probably in the same way yeah probably i, I agree yeah yeah we were probably due but then this is the sort of movie that's built for that i guess it's a fun action movie it's a popcorn movie yeah okay there's nothing wrong with that no there's nothing wrong with that at all so that's why we've got to throw these sort of movies in every now and then because we just need a break from i mean the princess pride was all good that was fun and entertaining wasn't a clean sweep though hurt locker that's is what i'm here for yeah <laughs> hurt locker was not was a clean sweep sorry but it was not a popcorn movie so so i think we've done pretty well of um with differentiating what we're what we're watching every episode so far and i think we've got some good results out of it i guess again half-baked thought that i didn't know where i was going with and <laughs> led me to peter out at the end there each of us kind of knows also where we're going i mean i've got my pick for this week you know we've all got stuff lurking that we're going to spring on people at different points it's going to be interesting to see and that's something i wanted to mention too because in the last couple of episodes i think definitely in the hurt locker i mentioned that we've got lists we did have lists originally which we weren't sharing we were just making lists for ourselves on what we're going to pick but i think we all sort of abandoned those to a point and now we're just picking i mean we don't know what's coming le legitimately would you agree I have a list. Like, oh you do have a list still okay i have about 30 movies okay but it's not a shared list from. we oh, still no, no. we legit still don't know what's coming when it's That's your correct. pick and yeah. i won't know what's coming until it's my week to pick because it swaps and changes as i go along oh yeah same as me i i think i know what my next movie is going to be and then i remember something else that i want to watch sooner than the other one so yeah, yeah totally it's the same. Mm. some i had on my list are gone some are definitely still there lots have been replaced it's it's interesting a lot so, of it's based on what we've been talking about which i think for me is really kind of cool yeah. yes yes that's what i found and i think that fluidity is good because it keeps us all guessing because i might have thought i knew where we were going but you know it chops and changes so much that uh it legitimately is a surprise when you guys announce your movies so it's really cool all right so getting back on topic do we want to go into some facts before yeah. you start yes do you have a timer on your record yes how long have we been recording for 30 minutes i cannot believe that you have not dropped the line that you live your life a quarter mile i was going to do that at the beginning i thought about it this morning about, the most iconic part of I the movie about <laughs> i was going to intro with that line but then i forgot so thanks oh. for bringing up my short falling I will probably use that as the outro dialogue for this episode because I was watching the movie thinking, oh man, what dialogue am I going to use to take us out? And yep. that really is the only one. <laughs> like you. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, but with a deeper Groot voice. Or a <laughs> deeper a deeper Iron Giant voice. Oh, which also, I believe, was a movie that came out before this that Vin Diesel was in. He was the Iron Giant? he was no way yes he was <laughs> crazy so there you go see clayton learns something every episode yeah. oh. so i'm I'll, just waiting yeah. for the bit on this i'm sorry to interrupt i'm waiting for the bit on this where you two start doing some sort of face off with lines 
That's the only line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's the memorable dialogue. Yeah, it's the the catchphrase of the movie, I guess. Oh, by the way, did you guys stick around until the end of the credits for the the end credit scene? Yes. Oh, okay, good, because I wondered if you guys yep. bothered or forgot. So it's, it's habit now. Every movie I watch, which is easier when it's on Netflix or something, you can just kind of scoot your way to the end of it. But yeah, I did. Good. Not that it really leaves it as a cliffhanger or anything. It just shows that he got away. So for those who don't know or haven't seen it, he, Dom, Vin Diesel, takes off and goes to Mexico. So somehow he was able to cross the border. I guess they didn't have an APB out, but he got into Mexico and we leave him in Mexico living his life a quarter mile at a time. There you go, Clayton. Thank right. you very much. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. So that's about as shoehorned in as Vin Diesel's cameo in Tokyo Drift. All right. So do you want to hear some facts? Go for it. Yes. Let's do some facts. I only know one fact of this movie, so I'm interested to see what you have. Okay. Would you like to know my fact? Yeah, but I'd like the silence so I can record and put the sound effect in, but you keep talking <gasps> over it. So. Now I'm going to have to do harder editing on this bit, so thanks. All right, so silence now, and then we'll do that. Here's the facts. Okay, Clayton, lead us off. What's your fact? It was based on a true story. That's in my facts-ish. Hang on a minute. Yes. Talk amongst yourselves. That's all yourselves. I know. You're going to have to expand on that one now. When oh, you can't just drop okay. it in there and just let it go. Okay, so I was wondering whether or not it was actually based on a true story. Then I googled it, and it was. Supposedly there was a, I'm going to say newspaper slash magazine slash lifestyle magazine slash lifestyle website, whatever, um, article about a boy racer in LA. And it's right. literally his story as a movie, to a degree. Infiltrating gangs type thing, or...? No, no, street just racing in and of itself. Street, the, the whole street racing vibe scene aspect okay. of it was him. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Okay. And then you get a movie. All right. Mm -hmm. That's okay. all I know. All right. I cut down my facts for this episode, and you've just stood all over the first one. So that's good. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. So the movie was expanding on the this fact a little bit so there was already a movie or maybe even two movies called the fast and the furious before this which have nothing to do with the story or anything like that this movie had to buy the rights for the title so they could use it for this movie but the movie itself like you've said is based on a what's actually based on an article by vibe magazine called racer x um, about street races in new york so based on because obviously this one's set in la not wrong my other facts which are unrelated to your fact Jordana Brewster, who plays Dom's sister Mia, and Michelle Rodriguez, who's Letty. Neither of them knew how to drive before being cast in this film. Neither of them had huh. their driver's licenses. And no way. they had to get them to be in the movie. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Some casting choices before what we ended up with, which is the iconic cast we have. People who were up for the role of Brian O'Connor were Eminem. <laughs> Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg, who is probably of those three, the person I could most see in the role, yeah. other than um, Paul Walker. For Dom, there was at some point uh, the studio was looking at Colin Farrell to play Dom, which I don't think would have worked. And Timothy Oliphant 
actually turned down the role of Dom Toretto, uh, thinking it would be too similar a movie to Gone in 60 Seconds, which he had just made. Could maybe see him. Colin Farrell, I couldn't see it becoming like a franchise with him. Oh, I don't know if I could see him as Dom, though. Maybe eight movies ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, but you got to remember, though, if you take the whole franchise tag off it and just yeah, do it yeah, as a like... one-off movie... I still don't think Timothy Oliphant would have been as good a casting. I could see Colin Farrell doing it as a one-off movie. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think the reason Dom works is because of his size and his, I know, just his whole look and his, yeah, it's just his demeanour. I don't think Colin Farrell or Timothy Oliphant carry themselves that way. Uh, so, mm, but oh, well, that's cool. I'm yeah. still trying to wrap my brain around Eminem. I, okay. Of those three that were considered for Paul Walker's character, Mark Wahlberg would be my number one choice of those three. Eminem would actually be my second. Christian Bale I couldn't see in this role at all. No, no, agreed. Not at all. If it had been Mark Wahlberg, I wouldn't have watched it. How young did Christian Bale look when this came out? 19 years younger than he does now. What's well, like pre he, Batman, he, right? It's pre, pre yeah, Batman pre, Begins. Pre yeah. Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah. What so, would have he been in around that time? You're, the, you're supposed to do the Googling okay, while we're on these episodes. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> yeah. Was it okay. maybe like The Machinist and stuff like that? I mean, I know yeah. that's an extreme. But... So I still think he would have looked too old for the role. Eminem could have worked because of the sort of movie it is. Probably would have worked better in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg would, would definitely be the... One. But anyway, while Clayton does that, I'll go into my other. Oh, no. I've done a Christian okay. Bale in the 2000s. I could actually see him being the cop. Because? He just looks like a cop. You were supposed to look up the movies he did around 2001. Oh no, I just did Christian Bale 2000 photos. Okay, you had one to job. See what dude. he actually looked like. You had one job. Alright, <laughs> so other casting. Um, so for the role of Mia that Jordana Brewster played, so Dom's sister people who auditioned for the role. Natalie Portman, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kirsten Dunst, and Jessica Biel. So who have all become big names now. And I can't see any of those playing the role. No. No. Likewise. No. I think they did it. And any time that you won't pick Natalie Portman, Mike, you know mm -hmm. that's, you know, oh, no. casting. I like Natalie Portman a lot. But no, I couldn't have seen any of them. I think, again, the reason this movie worked as well as it did was because they were pretty much all unknowns. They weren't all big movie stars. Yeah. And I think that lent to the believability of the group. So again, I think these guys were all too established and I can't picture any of them in the role personally. And the last fact I'll put up is The Race Wars, which was way less than I remember. I remember being a way bigger part of the movie, but 1,500 cars and 1,000 extras uh, were, were brought in to do Race Wars. And expanding on that with a little extra bonus fact, the scene where Dom beats down Johnny Tran after he calls him a snitch, Vin Diesel accidentally broke Stuntman's nose by punching him in the <laughs> face during that scene. I wasn't going to use that fact because it was similar to one on Wolf of Wall Street, but since we didn't put the Wolf of Wall Street episode up, I'm going to use the fact. So there you go. It's a whole subgenre of people awesome. actually get punched in the face in a movie. Yeah, we we could just we should do like a mega cut on YouTube. Those are all the facts. There's plenty of other facts, but those are the ones I wanted to bring up. Oh, a couple of cameos, though. Um, so Rob Cohen, the director, cameos. He's the, the pizza delivery guy who gets caught uh, in the first big street race of the movie. Oh, yes. Oh, really? Where they say, uh, uh, go home, pizza boy, or whatever it is. He's, he's the pizza guy. Uh, and the guy in the black Ferrari 
they, you know, when they pull up to the traffic lights and Dom's like, smoke him, and they do the race down the, the highway. That's Neil Moritz, who's the producer of the whole franchise. So, um, and one other little cameo, which is not an actor cameo, but uh, when they're in the house at one point, they're all, I think it's the scene where Brian is doing the dishes with Mia, and they ask Vince what the restaurant was that he wanted to take Mia on a date to, and then she gets Brian to take him, uh, take her. And then he storms back into the lounge. The movie they're watching in the lounge is uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, which was another Rob Cohen movie, as I mentioned before. So, nice little movie cameo. Alright, so this one was hard for me. The problem with this, what we're doing, is now when I watch these movies that you guys pick, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but I'm now watching it trying to pick a favourite scene, or like look out for a favourite scene. Yeah. while I'm watching the movie, and I found myself doing that in this one, uh, so it was quite hard to pick a favourite scene. So I'm going to go last, but I think I usually go last anyway. Um, and I think you've already answered, Clayton, but what's your favourite scene in the movie? Uh, anything with Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Okay, that's a given. Yep, <laughs> and also the, well, it, it's the iconic first scene where the car goes underneath the truck, because that's just, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, Brian, what, what do you reckon? the last scene for me really the the quarter mile and the race towards the train the drag between the two of them <laughs> that's for me that that one really stood out i love that yeah it's got I that iconic the, shot and then the car at the end. Uh, how was that though you think that you got through fine you beat the train you did beat the train bam. and then yeah. bam and but then that's why then he has that bit of dialogue doesn't he where he says um i didn't expect that to happen or it was probably something yeah. better written than that um, i thought that was quite funny yeah, that's quite good. It's got that iconic slow motion shot of the two cars coming toward the camera, busting through the, the rail barrier. For me, yeah, I'm going to go with the truck heist, the daylight one near the end, the one that leads to the quarter mile race. Because I think that was, man, that was really well shot and really well stunted, like stunt manned, <laughs> whatever, um, stunt choreographed. It was just a, oh man, it was a really cool really really well done scene yeah it's tied between that and the first race like you said when his car starts falling apart no i think i'm going to go with the the last truck heist the, the one that goes wrong because i like from where it begins where they take off from race wars at the night and they go and you find out that's where they've hidden their cars because they're supposed to be in these honda civics not in their boy racer cars um from there right to the truck the fact that it's in the daylight as well and right up until the reveal where he's a cop and just oh, Vin Diesel's that's probably the most acting that guy's ever done man we're why Brian why just on, the eyes the look like, the stare oh, no like he's gonna like he's gonna kill him yeah. <laughs> like his it's oh like, man why? you're a cop after this whole movie <laughs> yeah it was like everyone told me you were a cop and I didn't believe it <laughs> um <laughs> but all right I'm still shocked but it was see now I'm bagging the scene I like but no it's I really like it. Oh, that reminded me too. One other cameo that's in this movie, it's uncredited. I think, I don't know if it's that scene or a different scene, but Kevin Sorbo is one of the truck drivers. Huh. Um, and they, <laughs> they left it uncredited and you can't really see the face. So that's something I read as well. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. You can go and research it yourself, but that's what I read. Online and everything online is true. So I included it. Alright, so who do you think is the MVP of this movie? 
Oh, for me, it would be, well, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> no, but besides Michelle Rodriguez, <laughs> um, it would have to be Vin Diesel. Okay, why? Because I like Vin Diesel. He's cool. He's cool in this movie. Like, I like his character. Yeah. Do you like his character better in this movie than the later movies? Uh, it's hard. Because, like, I think it's just the the image profile that he has just uh i'm a like i'm a, i'm a hardcore car guy boy racer you can't beat me i'm top shit ah look at me sort of thing that's funny because he comes off the least boy racer-ish of all of them okay brian yeah likewise vin diesel for and partly for the the reason that you explained before there's, there's lots of bits in this movie where he he kind of looks like he's really reining himself in Mm. When uh, when they catch him outside the warehouse, the guy clocks him on the back of the head. And even at that point, you're not quite sure which way he's gonna he's gonna spin. Mm. Um, the bit where you know he, he's on the phone and, and um, Brian's on the phone and he admits that he's a cop, and he's just he genuinely looks like he's just gonna punch him. You know, it's gonna take him to bits. And it's, it's just some just some nice bits like that. I thought that made him a stand out for me in this one. See, I feel like I always go the complete opposite way of you guys, and I always go for, like, crew than cast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> because, man, you got to give it to the stuntmen in this movie, surely. Like, the drivers in this movie. But the guy hanging off the truck in the scene that you liked. I mean, mm. dang. Which actually almost got the, the movie an R rating as well. Um, Are you for real? Yeah, they had, yeah. To, they had to cut that down and some other... I think there was a scene at the house party originally where there were two girls kissing or something. So that and... Vince's mutilated arm when he's hanging off the truck yeah. were things that got cut out to, to get at the PG-13. The wire and stuff, and even what they did leave in, you're thinking, yeah, this is pretty brutal. Yeah, because, I mean, they made the right choice because making it a PG-13 gave it a broader appeal, more seats uh, filled in the cinema, and then obviously led to $230 million in a franchise. So it's not that they made the wrong call, but, yeah, I don't know, I think... Man, I'd, I'd, yeah, it just has to be the stuntman. If you're going to give it to one of the actors, yeah, I'd probably give it to Vin Diesel as well. I mean, it obviously made him a huge star, more than Pitch Black did, I think, yeah. at that point anyway. Because I still don't think, and maybe I'll get hate for this, maybe we'll finally get some voice messages if people listen to us, but Pork is not really that great an actor, man. Like, he's... It, it's, he's, like he's like the Dark Knight in the Nolan Batman trilogy, People really only like that if you think about it because of Heath Ledger's Joker. So it's not actually that great a movie. I feel like Paul Walker's been put on this pedestal because of what happened to him. And he's, yeah, I don't know. It's like Keanu Reeves. It's like Keanu Reeves. He's not that great an actor, but he plays his role like he's he needs to. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not bagging on Paul Walker. I like to do I especially like him in these Fast and the Furious movies. And he was really good in Running Scared. But yeah, Vin Diesel from the actor point of view but stuntman's getting my my vote so that was long-winded from me sorry all <laughs> right Brian. mentioned for the person who drives under the truck in the in the beginning yes yeah. yes it's and presumably at the wow. end as well props to the guy driving the truck too because yeah. he has to time it as well yeah go clay hey brian you're a car guy how hard is it to put nos in a car i'm the son of a car guy yeah <laughs> Wait, no, no, because they all, they all to do seem over the to weekend, have. Then don't you they me all this. seem to have knots on their cars, and I was just like, just wondering, is it? It must be an easy thing. 
they all seem to also have tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, just gonna say, yeah, they threw a lot of cash. They mentioned that a few times in the movie that you've got, oh, he's got 15 grand under the hood or whatever. It's like, dude, <laughs> like you guys are mostly losing these races. So where are you getting 15 grand <laughs> no. from? Like, I'm just wondering. They've clearly got side hustles, regardless of whether they're stealing <laughs> DVDs out of trucks. They've got something going on. All right, cool. So, are we wrapping up Fast and the Furious? Have we said all we want to say about Fast and the Furious? Can I have another I live my life a quarter mile at a time from you? From me? No, we're going to outro on that, man. We'll leave it to Vin ah, Diesel. Go boom. on. Go on. Brian. Slayton, if you think you can sell the line, then have a go at it. Yeah. I just want him to just say it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could outro with a loop, but no. Um, <laughs> For like six minutes, just I live my life yes. a quarter mile at a time. There you go, you got it. Thank you, yeah. thank you. All right, so okay, so ask how the tuna fish is, really? <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. no one likes the tuna fish, right? So, with that, we'll all agree three thumbs up for Fast and the Furious. Yes, 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 good. Thumbs up. All right, cool. So, with that, let's go into what's coming up on the next episode. And it's Brian's choice, so what is it? It's my pick. Mm -hmm. Well, trying to, look, looking to mix it up a little bit. Oh, you guys ramble it on. Oh, you're doing what Clayton did last week. Yeah, we've got to build it up here. <laughs> ramble it, build it up. <laughs> build that tension and then ramble drop it, it on us. It'll just be this massive letdown. And it won't be all the movies that you want, Clayton, because we've really gone into that. That's fine. Um, as long as you build it up and say it's something spectacular, I'm yeah, all in. Oh, now I can't promise spectacular. Especially, no, no, you what build it up like it is, and then it's not. Yeah. Um, well, but anyway, Clayton had his, his movie, so it's your turn. Go. The next one, as far as I'm aware, has no cars, and it certainly doesn't have Vin Diesel in it. Mm. Or Paul Walker. So, sorry, Mike. Um, <laughs> That's all right. Or, or even Natalie Portman. Um, um, I'm out. Yeah, from, from the thread of, you say, entertaining movies going for something which might be a little bit more of a thinker or a head scratcher mm. um, I'm going with a Charlie Kaufman movie mm. starring Jim Carrey Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind oh nice okay yeah I'll give that a go I've never seen it I'm keen to see it and I want to see what you guys make of it too I think I started it once but I don't think I've seen the whole movie Interesting. Sorry, what are we watching? Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a hard one for Clayton. Hey, um, no, you said Jim Carrey, and I was like Bruce Almighty, Truman oh, Show. This is gonna be I great. Go, this this is gonna be excellent. You can't just pick any Jim Carrey movie <laughs> because you can't remember the name of the one that I said. Go um, into yeah. this movie thinking Ace Ventura. I can't wait. <laughs> no, no, I can't wait till no, the next episode. No, no, yeah. no, sorry, bro. What was it called? Though? It's called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So, Google it now. No, no, just go watch it. Don't research it, just go watch it. Just, yeah. I'm not going to research it. Don't watch it, it today. Just, watch Jim, it wow. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Yes. Titanic. Winslet it's was a, a selling point for me. It's, Hell yes. Yeah. Kate Winslet is always a selling point for me. Yeah. That's, that's neither here nor there. Okay. I think that's it is here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so there we go next time on the on the show so in two weeks we'll be back with episode four eternal sunshine of the spotless mind this is going to be awesome i just can't wait to hear clayton's review uh i don't i don't even know what this is i don't know if it's a drama or an action or a what and legit it's a movie none of us have 
seen I guess I'm the closest to having seen it but even I haven't seen it the whole way through so this is going to be a good episode because we'll all be going in fresh so mm, so thanks for taking time out to listen to us ramble on about Fast and the Furious and be sure to tune in again in two weeks when we talk Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind until then we'll take you out a quarter mile at a time with Vin Diesel and uh, we'll see you soon remember you can leave us a voice message uh, on our anchor website follow us on instagram at, at heritage film pod there's a link to our uh, anchor page if you click on that you can go and leave us a voice message tell us what you think of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind or tell us what you thought of fast and the furious and um we'll we'll rehash so until then yeah we'll let vin diesel take you out and see you next time i live my life a quarter mile at a time Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. If you like the show, please subscribe. You can follow the show on Twitter at, at HeritageFilmPod or drop them an email at HeritageFilmPod at gmail.com. That's the end, Frank, for listening.